Welcome everyone, we are about to begin Be'ezus Hashem Shalom Bayashir number 394. We are going to repeat a Yesaid that we really need to get into our heads and our hearts with determination and to believe that this is true. To rely on the Tzadikim and the G'dayli Yisrael, whether it's Rav Pam Zeich Tzadik Lavracha, Rav Yigamilla Zeich Tzadik Lavracha, Shmuel Kamenetsky, Zolgazun and many, many G'dayli Yisrael that live Bizman Azeh, and from experts, from experts in the fields of marriage therapy and therapy overall that understand what's going on these days with the increased volume of divorces and broken families and shattered hearts and the magefa that we have now to be maimin in what they say. And that is that most put a percentage, but I heard 90%, I heard 95%, I heard 85%, whatever the percentage is, that is a huge, huge percentage of marriages as bad as it may seem now, as dead as it may seem now, could have been saved if they would have learned the healthy tools and the skills, and if they learn it now, their marriage can and should be saved. We talked about it a little bit, we touched upon it in sheer number 392. Today to review that, we're not going to get into that right now. But this Yisoid is extremely important. That we cannot assume when our marriage is going through difficulty that divorce is the real reality. If you go that route, it's only after talking to a Rav that's an expert and understands Shalom Bayes areas and knows the two of you, husband and wife, personally. And going through, hopefully from couples therapists that evaluated the two of you, talked to you at length, worked on skills and all of that. And after everything is said and done, and then the Rav, based on the information with the therapist, with meeting the both of you and knowing you well, saying that this is the way to go, then that's when the mitzvah, it becomes a mitzvah, the idea of gerishin. But in most, most situations, if you first of all, if you don't follow that rote and, and don't get that real help to see how you can reverse the trend, then most likely it's one of those things that unfortunately could have been avoided and should have been avoided. So we are incumbent to ourselves to get the help we need to work on reviving it. Many, many people who had so many bumps in the roads and marriages, thinking that it was dead, thinking it was horrible. They realized later Hashem had a plan for them and Hashem guided them through it. And no matter how bad it is, once HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you feel His Siyata Deshmaya and He helps you through, you do whatever necessary Hishtadlis that you do and could not only be quote-unquote saved or quote-unquote repaired. Repaired means it was broken and now you fixed it. But it's more than just breaking something that's fixed, that uh, fixing something that's broken, I mean. But it's more totally transforming it into a great source of light and comfort and love. Number one, to realize that husband and wife, they're different. In a way, they're like oil and water. But different than oil and water, that no matter what, the oil will go to the top and the water will be on the bottom and it will never mix. A spouses, two spouses, it's not like that. It may look like oil and water, but they are two different opposite substances that when they work at it, work at it, work at it, they infuse and they indeed become part of a one whole. But you must work at it. 
If one stops working, certainly if both stops working, then there will be a drifting apart. So it's important to focus on yourself when you're getting mar- when you're working on your marriage. It's easiest thing to say, it's my spouse that needs to do this or that. It's my spouse that needs to read this particular book. It's my spouse that ne- listens, needs to listen to the shiurim or other shiurim on marriage and shalom bayis. It's not me. That's one thing to understand. Yeah, it comes from within. There are things that your husband or your wife need to work on in a chanami. And that should and will be worked on, but a big part of the Avaida is the one's own self-work. It is always the case that way. Another thing to say is, is that everyone has problems in marriage. No one is exempt from the Nisyanis that come with marriage. Some have it more, some have it less, but everyone has tests in marriage. And it is a lie. And it is a misconception. And it causes so much chalisha sadas to say, you're the only one who has the problems. Now, that doesn't mean you try to look for other people and see misery everywhere and be happy about it. Chas v'shalom. That's not the point. But the honesty of knowing that there are that everyone suffers and everyone has challenges in marriage, in marriage. But when you just have that warped filter that you think everyone else's life is great and you hear that lie and you believe it and you think that something's wrong with me personally only and it makes us afraid to get help. It makes you worry people will laugh at you or ostracize you or look down at you that you're having, you're grappling with a problem in your marriage. This is the unhealthy kinna. And this is not something that is... um, to cause Lush and Hara or be happy that another couple is having problems. But the idea is, is the honesty in knowing that everyone does have problems, that certainly helps in you coping and realizing you're not alone. The shayrish of many problems in a marriage relationship is a gaiva or a self-centeredness that's there. And that's why we said, and we touched upon it briefly, is that we talk so much in the main shiurim, in the panimi shiurim, about healthy communications. And that's really one of those big things where both men, because they don't like talking about feelings, so they don't communicate with their wives. Wives sometimes don't communicate. They they expect the husbands to mind-read their minds. So both genders, they have this issue of communicating. And it is true. If you don't communicate, the shalom bias will deteriorate. So you need to learn communication in your skills. But the truth be told is even if you both work on have excellent open communications, if you're inherently self-centered, so you're communicating self-centeredness. So the shayrish of it is the self-centeredness. And we sometimes, I'm telling you because I'm telling you been a game myself, but I'm pertaining to you also, we're blind to it. And I admit myself that I often was blind to it when I thought, I'm not self-centered. This is a legitimate thing that's bothering me in my marriage, whatever it is. When I look deeper into it, when I opened up the window shades, uh, um, opened up the blinds that I had in my eyes, the shoychad that distorted my thinking, I realized that a lot of the inner, um, you know, unhappiness that may have been caused or any feelings of resentment, or whatever it is, I'd go zoom back deep and look myself deep in the mirror. It had to do with a certain self-centeredness that was within me. 
And then once you realize this, and people do not like to acknowledge this, and very often it comes in the forms of it's a mitzvah or 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 l'shem shemayim, but it this seed in the head to realize or to be chayshid that maybe these other things that we are disagreeing about are rooted in some idea of an ego here that will bring a lot of it'll be like opening a light in your head it'll be like opening a, a light in your heart it'll be it'll come with a whole new wealth of understanding to realize that very often, whether we want to admit it or not, the root issue in our marriages is when we put our own needs and wants and desires over the needs, wants, and desires of our husband or of our wife. Or we put ourselves first and we put our Kaddish Baruch Hu second. And we don't think of what our Kaddish Baruch Hu really wants from us. And again, there's nothing wrong with asking Hashem for basic needs that we need ourselves. But a self-centeredness that one is concerned about one's own desires and needs and interests without regard to other people. That is what self-centeredness is. That's what the gaiva is. And that is indeed, without a doubt, the shayrish problem, the root problem in many, many overall relationships and certainly in marriage. And the self-centeredness really destroys relationships, all benadam relationships, but certainly, certainly one's marriage. Because what happens is, and if you look deeply into it, the malchamais in the world, the world wars, the, 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 the whole structure of differences and unhealthy relationships between nations, between races. We Hashem, there is a, there's a thing that Muhammad sometimes is needed, but so many wars could be avoided. And it's not because of this certain self-centered way of looking at things. And it's more likely, though, to cause a marriage to falter, and it affects marriages more than any other relationship. And why is that? That's simply because you're with your husband or wife for longer periods of time than you are with anyone else. And you're with them in all these different situations, different circumstances. They see when you go to bed. They see when you get up. They see when you're tired. They see when you're rested. They see when you're dressed nicely. They see when you're dressed like a schlump. They see you at your best. They see you at your worst. You can't fool them for long. And if you're looking out for your own interests, you'll run into trouble when your interests don't agree with the interests of your spouse. Where do you want to eat? I want to eat here. She wants to eat here. He wants to eat there. Where do you want a vacation? He wants to eat here. He wants to go there. She wants to go there. Now, it's healthy to express one's own needs. To express, this is another thing that we're going to say and very, very important. When we gave Shiorim on the ten needs, or the healthiness of expressing one's needs to one's spouse, a husband and wife, when you talk openly of this is what I need, going from spiritual needs, sexual needs, physical needs, monetary needs, emotional needs, so on and so forth, that in and of itself is healthy and is not self-centered. Because when you are expressing those needs and you're asking your husband and wife to make them aware of what your needs are, there's always a counterpart conversation going the other way of when your spouse is telling you what their needs are and you are listening and you're absorbing 
and you're implementing or planning deeply committed to implementing fulfilling your spouse's needs. So it's a two-way street. So a two-way street, then the, there is much less danger in that self-centeredness. Because there's some healthy needs that may be connected with something you need that you need to be honest with yourself. That's okay. That's healthy to express. But self-centeredness here is when you block off. Block off and not think at all about what's truly needed by your husband or your wife that you can fulfill. Now there's a famous book, Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People, written in the 30s, and it's just as true today. That studies show that 15% of a person's success in life is based on their technical ability, but 85% is based on the ability to deal with and get along with people. That's skill. Famous John Maxwell wrote a book, Winning Attitudes, similar study, not so many years ago in Stanford Research Institute. Also similar that the money you will make in any endeavor is based on 12.5% on your technical ability, and you're 87.5% on your ability to deal with people. And I will add, of course, what we have as a munem betachin is asking Hashem to help you with that 87, with 100% actually, but with your technical abilities, but also that 87.5% of your abilities to deal with people. Ask Hashem for help always. Always put Him in the picture. Ironically, what people don't realize is, as as much as we think capitalism or successful businesses is egotistical, but a real, true, healthy, successful business has to be the opposite of egotistical in order to be matzliach, meaning they must be other-centered in order to build a good relationship with their customers. So ironically, as much as the root of a successful business is their own self-interest. I want to, we want to make money. We want to be profitable. But in order to do that, when they get the healthy advice, they realize I need to suspend my own wants and needs and egos and zoom in on what the customer truly needs and wants. To maximize success, a company has to remove their ego as much as they want to make money and be egotistical, I want my name. I want I want us to be to be to, to be a a, 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 a million dollar company. But you have to, in order to do that, put your wants and needs and interests aside and focus on the wants, needs, and interests of the customers first. If you don't do that, it'll decline the profits and business failure will happen. Major corporations spend millions of dollars every year on market research to find out how people like their products, what changes or improvements could be made with their products, what products the customers might want. An example of this was back in the 1980s, the mid-1980s, I remember this, Coca-Cola changed their formula. Coca-Cola knew it was a disaster. They hated the sweeter, newer Coke. They wanted that old Coke back. Now, Coca-Cola failed to be other-centered when they introduced this new Coke. But they caught their mistake. They realized what their customers needed. They realized that they did not like this product, that they wanted the old product back. So they quickly, they suspended their egos that they made a mistake and put the old drink back. And they call it Coca-Cola Classic. So that's very, very important. And the same idea, Lahavdal, is with marriages. 
In order to have a successful marriage, one needs to suspend their self-centeredness. Very often you feel because your husband or wife neglected you, are not talking to you or, or, or enough or not, um, uh, uh, you know, whether it's expectations of emotional connections, time, and, and, or, or, or sexual. And it's true, a spouse always needs to work together to enhance all those areas of what we just said. But very often, it comes from a self-centeredness. For example, I'll give you a muscle, husband and wife, both ways, I'm talking to both, that they sometimes feel a neglectful when their husband or wife are having deep conversations or spending some time with a close friend trying to help them. A wife with her female friend, a husband with her male friend. We're talking about healthy friendships. We're not talking about, um, you know, dependency, codependency type of things. Put that aside. But even healthy friendships, when a husband sees a wife talking animately and, and, and interesting and spending time with some of her friends, and he feels a little neglected that she's not turning to him and talking to him, or the other way around where the husband is working with people, and the wife feels neglected. Now, the truth be told is, again, they need to be sensitive and pay whatever attention they need to pay, pay to their own spouse. But sometimes the husband and wife does give them that attention. But nevertheless, when they're turning their attention away from you towards that other friend, you feel a certain drop. You feel a certain, oh, I'm being neglected. In reality, it's not neglect. There's a self-centeredness there that's saying, the whole world doesn't revolve about me. My wife expressed her love to me. She said she loved me. She prepared a beautiful supper. We're going to be intimate tonight. We worked it out on our schedules, and we're going to be together tonight or, or whenever, and it's fine. But right now, in these hour or two, even though I want to talk to her or even though I want to feel her love, she is busy with talking to her friends or dealing with ch- children or other things, or my husband is busy, he's, he's learning with his chavrusa over the phone, or being mechazik somebody, or whatever it is, he does give his attention to me. But I, nevertheless, I feel neglected at this moment. So in those situations, one needs to sort of look deep into themselves. There is a little self-centeredness there. They don't have, my husband and wife doesn't have to shower on me attention 24-7, that I need to be needy constantly. Yes, I need to be filled with those five love languages that we talked about, those ten needs that we talked about in those respective shiurim, but nevertheless, you know, with a healthy balance. So when we don't have that healthy balance and we feel resentful of our spouses for not showering on us attention, sometimes it could be a legitimate need that requires improvement on, but very, very often they're showering adequate and even more than adequate attention and love on their husbands and wives, but they also have their own independent, healthy aspects of their personality and of their focus towards helping others, to helping the world, to serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu in many other ways, where the, if you're not self-centered, you support that, and you're happy that your husband has a harusa and learning with him. You're happy that your wife is doing a chesed for somebody. As long as it's not out of balance. You know, we talked about when someone just does chesed outside the house and doesn't do chesed within, or just talks nicer to other people and not nice to their spouses. Yes, that's true. But when that is worked on and they are nice to each other and they spend time with each other and they have quality time with each other, 
They also need to let go and allow their husbands and wives to thrive in their own personal endeavors as well. And when you hold back, very often it could be a degree of self-centeredness. So that's also a very important idea. But again, going back to the first point, don't assume that your marriage is bad or dead unless you really, really committed to work through the learn through the shiurim and other shiurim, develop those skills and tools, go to a rav or a couples therapist with adracha of a rav and work through those issues. And you will see that over 90% of the time, not only will a marriage be repaired or fixed, quote-unquote, but it'll be a beautiful 180-degree turn where the darkness becomes great light, where those things that were problems now become opportunities of love and affection and simcha sachayim. Bracha